0: You are listening to the Fresh Hell Podcast. Fresh Hell contains stories of a disturbing and often graphic nature and is intended for a mature audience. Please don't let your kids listen to this, or they might turn out like us. Hello, I'm Annie from the United States. And I'm Johanna from Austria. Thanks for joining us
1: again for another episode of Your Favorite international podcast.
0: Yeah, that's right. Welcome back. And if this is your first time listening, we are two friends from different continents, different countries who met online a few years ago, but we've never met in real life. And so every week we talk about our favorite murder mystery and macabre cases. If you're a regular listener, which would be one of our hellions, we are so glad to have you back. Thank you so very much for your ongoing support, downloading us, sending us the most encouraging messages and leaving really wonderful reviews we really appreciate every single one of you we also want to send a special shout out as always to our newest patreon members and they are elias sirhan thank you very much kimberly white thank you savannah letter cruden i hope i've pronounced that properly thank you very much and brandon crow thank you Brandon Crow, is that your real name and you've just got a super cool name? Or are you a fan of the crow? I'm curious now. And I'll get to find out because I'll be talking to you soon in our Patreon page. More on that later. Thank you so much for your support. All
1: right. Get your cup of tea ready. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. Maybe darken the, the light a little bit if you want to. Because today I want to tell you the story of the Beast of Shivodo. One quick warning. I did study French for five years, but chances are very high that I will butcher some French names today, or most of them. I will of course try my best, but I hope all of our French hellions can forgive me. Another warning, I'm talking about animals being killed today. It's part of the story. Yeah. But yeah, animals do die. Also, as always, you will find the sources in the episode's album, on Facebook, of course. One source that was very interesting was the book Monsters of Chévaudan, Making of a Beast by J.M. Smith. It doesn't do the typical, well, what was the beast? But it puts more of a spotlight on how contemporary newspapers and journalists influence the whole narrative. And I can highly recommend this book if you want to do further reading on the subject. Great. All right. Ready? Ready. We are traveling to France, the year is 1764, Louis XV was king, he actually was king for 49 years already. His great-grandfather was Louis XIV, yes, the sun king. His grandfather was heir to the throne, he was Louis de Bourbon, le grand dauphin, but in 1711 the dauphin died of smallpox at the age of 50, which made his son and Louis fifteenth uncle, yet another Louis, his name is Louis de Bretagne heir to the throne. Only one year later, Uncle Louis dies of measles, so does Louis XV's parents. And you might have guessed it, Louis XV's father was yet another Louis, Louis de Bourgogne. So a bunch of Louis die and this makes Louis XV heir to the throne and in 1715 when the son King Louis XIV dies, his great-grandson becomes king. At age 5. Nice. But Louis XV was not only a very young king and had a furniture epoch named after him like many other King Louis. Uh, He also had two very famous mistresses. Well, he had actually a lot of mistresses and a lot of illegitimate children, but he had two famous mistresses. Madame du is one of them and Jeanne-Antoinette Poisson. But most of you will know her as Marquise de Pompadour.
0: Oh, so poisson, as in one of the five French phrases that I know. We were just talking Mm -hmm. about this. And one of the phrases I always have to learn in French, well, in French, is uh, je suis très allergique à les poissons et fruits de mer. (laughs) So fish, les poissons, or anyone who's seen The Little Mermaid. It's a fine (laughs) last name. It's just... I mean, if your first name isn't Albert. Pomp. yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And it's less grand than Pompadour. And is that that's yeah. where the hairstyle comes from, from her, mm-hmm. right? So, wise move. That name change. I like that journey for her. Okay.
1: Louis XV is also the one who arranged the marriage of his grandson, the future King Louis XVI, to the Austrian princess Maria Antonia. But most of you will know her as Marie Antoinette. And if you're a regular listener, you already know how we roll. Whenever we find something interesting... <laughs> No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) We just have to tell you all about it, even if it has nothing to do with the story. Or almost nothing. And I think you can now picture the era I'm talking about today, right? And now we are going to leave the court in Paris or the court in Versailles, wherever they are at the moment. We are going to forget all about the Louis and the Madames and the Marquise. And we are traveling to the south of France, to an area called Chevaudon. And it's in the French central massive, so mountains, lots of woods, rather isolated. Even today, the region, it's most part of Gévaudan, is called now It's still not densely populated. Most of the area is forest and other open land, and only 0.54% are roads and buildings.
0: Wow. Okay, very rural.
1: Very, very rural, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gévaudan used to be a rather wealthy area, but... A famine and the religious wars managed to ruin the region. All in all the French wars of religion lasted from 1562 until 1598, so that 36 years. And the wars were fought between Protestants and the Catholics. You know how it was back then, especially in that time 16th century.
0: Oh, yeah. It's hard to go anywhere without there being a history of religious warfare, so... Yes. Yeah.
1: Of course, all of this is an oversimplification, because there were also oh, other yeah. countries involved, like like England and of Scotland course. and Spain on the Catholic side. Yeah. You get the idea. Oh, yeah. In spring of 1764, in the east of Chivodon, a young shepherd girl who was looking after her cattle was attacked by a wolf-like creature. Well, actually, she apparently stated it was, quote, like a wolf but not a wolf, end quote. And yes, she could state that because she luckily survived, because her cattle had defended her against the attack and the girl could fight off the animal or creature or whatever. But not everybody was so lucky. It's 30th of June, 1764, and a 14-year-old girl named Chanboulet is tending to her sheep. She doesn't come home and the next day her mold body is found. She becomes the first official victim of the wolf-like creature that will become famous under the name La Bête de Chevaudon or the Beast of Shibodo. She will not be the last victim. From 8th of August until 7th of October, at least eight more attacks are reported. All of the victims, most of them teenagers, die. Their bodies are found heavily mutilated, throats ripped open, limbs torn off. And between 8th of October and 10th of October, three people survive attacks. They have their foreheads and or chest slashed, like with claws, and parts of their scalps torn off. Oh... But only a week and a half later, another attack, and this time the victim, a 21-year-old girl from Gracia, dies. Until the end of 1764, there are 13 more attacks of the beast reported, so that makes a total of 27 victims, 18 dead, 9 survivors. Most of the victims, dead or alive, are shepherds, many of them teenagers or younger.
0: Uh, Yeah, of course, they are out in the fields looking after their cattle or sheep or goats, and they're just completely alone, Mm -hmm. vulnerable, easy prey. It must have been a really terrifying time to go to work.
1: So the ones who survived described the beast as tall. They say it's as tall as a one-year-old cow with huge paws. I think they found a paw print that measured 16 centimeters or 6.2 inches. The chest was broad, the front legs strong, but the body narrows from the waist, I'd say like most canine or feline animals do. hmm The top of its head, and that's interesting, is described as flat. Okay. So not like a wolf, right? No. The color of the fur is reddish, the belly is white, on the area of the spine there is a dark stripe, the fur on the chest is long, the end of the tail is bushy and broad and rolls upwards, and it almost has a mane on the back of the head in the neck region, so like a mullet.
0: Mm, nice. <laughs>
1: We always say Lila has a mullet. She has the same mane (laughs) on the back of her neck.
0: It's especially impressive when they raise their hackles, when they have that little mane. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah.
1: Another description goes as follows, quote, the size of a very large wolf, the color of slightly burnt coffee, a slightly black bar on its back, a dirty white belly, a very large head... A kind of wadding that forms a tuft on the head and next to the ears, the tail covered with hair like that of an ordinary wolf, but longer, and carrying it rolled up at the end. End quote.
0: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, it often attacks the chest, neck, and head area, and it is strong enough to tear body parts off, and even strong enough to drag a grown-up person for quite a distance.
0: Okay. Well, if you wouldn't have said the color of the fur was reddish, I would have thought it was a wolf. Do you have red wolves in Europe? We have them here. I think they're more in the southwest. They're not really big enough to, dra- to drag a, a grown-up, though. At least I don't, I don't think they are.
1: You know what? <laughs> of course, I googled wolf and red fur.
0: Yes, of course you and did. And it
1: showed me your red wolf, and I had never heard of it. We don't seem to have them here as far as I read, so
0: I don't think it was a red wolf. Yeah, they're endangered here. They're not red like a fox, you know? Like, I feel like if you were describing an animal as red, they have red in their fur, but in the same way that coyotes have some red in their fur, do you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. The main part makes me think about a lion, but that doesn't, like, you wouldn't have lions in France. <laughs> well, <laughs> how far back is this? We're not yet. No, this is this well, is. I'll solidly. get to the theories and then we can see
1: what we both think. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, more attacks. Of course, at first people think, okay, it's a wolf or it's wolves, a wolf pack, Mm -hmm. because they were native all over Europe and wolves' attacks are not unheard of. I mean, of course they are not unheard of. It is one of the big fears of people in isolated rural mountain areas, and we have all the fairy tales and legends to prove it.
0: Yeah, Little Red Riding Hood. Yes, Uh, also the
1: wolf and the seven little goats, do you know that one?
0: I have never heard of that one. Do you know the three little pigs? Because they get yes. harassed mm-hmm. by a wolf. Yeah. It's more huffing and puffing, though.
1: So the wolf is one of the ultimate folktale villains. Yeah. And also he eats their livestock.
0: Mm. Of course. Of course he does. He
1: gets a bad rap. Yeah, he gets a bad rap and he has to be destroyed. And so starting in the 15th and 16th century, wolves are hunted down and the wolf population in Europe shrinks. In many European countries, like Austria, for example, wolves were practically extinct, but they are making a comeback, just like bears. And I think it was 2019 that for the first time in at
0: least a century, we had wolf offspring in Austria. Yay, baby wolves. Yay. It's a problem. It's a big problem here, too.
1: Yeah. Again, people here start to talk about, you know, wolves are killing our livestock, or they're going to hurt humans or whatever, and we have to get rid of them. It's true, of course, sometimes they eat the livestock because it's hard for them to have a big enough hunting ground without populated areas. Yeah. So far, roughly 17,000 wolves are now living all over the European continent. I'm excluding Russia here because I, I think they were never really extinct in Russia. I think they always had wolves, right?
0: They have to have had wolves. I can't imagine Russian forests without snow and wolves. I realize that's completely wrong, but in my bed, it's, yeah, and I'm carrying a torch. So. Also, all
1: over the Balkan areas, they always had wolves, I think. And that's yeah. how the wolves came back here, too, I think, just like the bears. I
0: love wolves, yeah.
1: I hope that we will find a way to live with them, not,
0: yeah. you know, actually living with them, but, you know... I do. I do. There's a really good spot if you're ever in this area. It's actually in Ipswich, Massachusetts called Wolf Hollow. And we follow wolf news in this country as closely as I can sort of stand to follow it. Remember, we're the country that shoots endangered species from helicopters sometimes. Not a fan of that. Although, just to be clear, if you are an omnivore and you hunt for food, totally respect that. I'm not a fan of trophy hunting. I think trophy hunting is appalling. I agree. Yeah, but there are ways to keep wolves away from your flocks and your herds without killing them. The last dog we had was sort of built for that purpose, bred for that purpose, and the wolves were here first. I'm, I'm team wolf. Yeah. They have an important role to play, too, in the ecosystem. A lot of people exactly. don't… Exactly. It's a
1: whole system, you know, yeah.
0: People don't recognize. Okay.
1: So, back to the beast of Shivodo. So people think it might be a wolf or wolves who are responsible for the attacks. But it has to be a big wolf, though, right? And people are scared. And of course they are, because 27 attacks and 18 people are dead now, just in the first year.
0: That's terrifying. That's a lot of victims. That's. Mm-hmm.
1: There's actually a problem. At the beginning of the 18th century, there was a rebellion going on in the south of France, the so-called Camisades, so the French Protestants or Huguenots. The revolt lasted four years. As a consequence, the king had all the firearms as well as cut and thrust weapons in the region confiscated. Uh, So people are left with knives, pocket knives and such. So the people in Shivadati have only primitive tools. I think they attach the knives to like sticks to have like spears. I assume they also had axes.
0: Uh, I assume they also had pitchforks. This is very Kill the Beast. This is very Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? It's very sort of...
1: Yes, you're right. You think? Do you think it has something to do because Beauty and the Beast is a French fairy tale? I wonder
0: when it was written. I mean, maybe slightly inspired by? There must be some link or it feels like there's a link or Beauty and the Mm -hmm. Beast is helping, helping me imagine this sort of feeling happening in these small towns in the area where people were being killed.
1: So because of the continuing attacks, the weapons were temporarily returned so that the inhabitants of the area could not only defend themselves, but also try to slay the beast. 1765 comes and the attacks continue from 1st of January until 23rd of December. A total of 139 people encounter the creature. 55 die, the rest is often heavily wounded. I also deeply appreciate that the beast took Christmas and New Year's off. (laughs) <laughs> what the Apparently. fuck? Oh, that's a lot.
0: <laughs> that is a lot of people. It's a lot. I'm um, also, can I say how many people, how surprised I am? Part of the reason, also, I feel like this is myth is that I don't think that many people could survive a bite wound.
1: That's the thing. Many didn't have a scratch on them. They were like, oh, I'm unharmed. So I'm like, hmm, but I talk oh, about that later. Okay. And the others had like scratches or, uh, yeah.
0: Gotcha, okay. I'm just imagining, like, if they had a bite or a deep claw mark. Yeah. Like, back then. Especially back then. Yeah, like, just infection, bye-bye. Like, Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be that many survivors. But I see, so lots of people survived the attack completely unharmed. Yeah. That makes more sense. Got it. Okay.
1: Which also is kind of suspicious, right? Well,
0: it's possible.
1: Now the mysterious animal doesn't only attack in fields and wooded areas. Uh Uh-oh. Now people are attacked in their own garden. In front of the house on village streets during the day. Oh. And I think that's the reason why, I think it could be the reason why out of 139 people, 84 survive. Because now often people are nearby and rush over to fight off the whatever it is. I mean, there is a kind of explanation why so many survived, right? Or were unharmed. Yes. Yes. Also, the Beast uh, attacks so often, with a lot of distance between the places of attack, it has to be able to travel fast from one place to another. And I say travel, and now I imagine the Beast on a motorbike.
0: <laughs> team <laughs> Wolf style. Just, yeah. <laughs> but the original one with Michael J. Fox. Of course. Mm, I had such a crush on him, um, and I will refuse to watch any other version of that franchise. But seriously, this is this is really terrible. Could it run... I mean, joking aside, were the distances really that vast or is it something that like your average wolf could cover that distance?
1: I'd say most of them could be covered by running, but it's still some of them are very, yeah. Some I'd say, I doubt that a wolf could run that fast. Okay. To cover the distance. But what do I know? I mean, I'm really bad with measurements and such things.
0: Also, we're not wildlife biologists. So
1: there's (laughs) (laughs) no... So the wolf had to... Or the the creature, not the wolf. The creature had to run really fast. Also, it keeps dragging off people, even grown-ups. And some of the victims are completely decapitated. And their heads are found really quite a distance from the body. Like it took the head with it. I could see that...
0: Yeah, I could see because, well, most predators, like most more apex predators, hunters, right? Natural hunters in the animal kingdom, they go for the jugular, they go for the throat. Mm -hmm. And so if it had jaws that were big enough that, oop, that head popped off. I I mean, I don't mean to be casual about this, but you could accidentally decapitate your prey and then just drag it until you got an arm or a leg or something else that you carried off with you, right? It seems weird, but it's also not that weird,
1: Yeah, it's
0: possible.
1: It could happen, I guess.
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of media sensationalism.
1: As far as the survivors go, there are some who become rather famous for their bravery. On 12th of January, 1765, a group of young shepherds consisting of girls and boys between the ages of 9 and either 13 or 16, it depends on the sources you read, uh, they were out in the meadows in the hills of La Margeride when they were attacked by the beast, and The beast picked the youngest one, an eight-year-old named either Shaw or Joseph, and Mm. dragged him off into the marsh. Quick side note here. You know it, there's so much myth and lore in this story. It's a long time ago, plus the victims were peasants, mostly young boys and girls, you know, herding livestock. So there's not much info about them out there anyway, but there are a couple of sources like Registry of the According Parishes, for example. There are letters from police officers and hunters. And also there are many contemporary newspaper articles, not only from France, but from all over Europe and even from the US. Um I saw Boston mentioned a couple of times, mm-hmm. Boston newspaper, because this is the story the readers devour. I mean, it has everything, right? Oh, yeah. I personally don't take the newspaper articles for face value because, I mean, well, you know, media sometimes exaggerates.
0: Especially at this time.
1: Yeah, especially at the time. And I can even imagine that they made up some of the victims or started rumors. That's why I said it's a kind of suspicious that so many people got away unharmed. I think it's easier to make up a
0: victim who escaped than a dead person, right? Yep, absolutely. It's also very easy if you're Mr. or Ms. Nobody in your village and you just want a little bit of a something. Then, oh my goodness, you saw the beast.
1: Yeah, plus people like to uh, insert themselves into stories like this all the time. We see it all the time in crime cases. Exactly. Yep. Back to Jean or Joseph. So he's dragged off and the rest of the children, they are convinced by the 12-year-old Jacques-André Portfaits that they can't abandon their little friend. So they decide to run after them. And because of the swampy underground, the beast has a little bit of difficulties moving quickly. So the group of children actually catch up and they start to stab the attacker with their knives and little spears. And they actually manage to free Jean, and he escapes the ordeal with just a wounded arm. And the 12-year-old Jacques, who was the leader of the group, was honored by King Louis XV and he received a monetary award. Wow. Another famous incident is the one of Shanshuv. On 13th of March, 1765, the young woman was in her garden with her two children, her six-year-old son and her 10-year-old daughter, when they were attacked uh, by La Bête de Chevaudon. The creature tried to drag the young children off, but the mother kept fighting the beast. She was even jumping on its back. But in the end, the beast managed to take the six-year-old and drag him over a garden wall. And Shan's 13-year-old son, he's inside the house, he hears all the turmoil going on and he comes outside, sees what's going on and he and the family dog jump over the wall and they run after the beast and they actually manage to free the youngest child. Unfortunately, the injuries were way too severe, the young boy dies six days after the attack. But just like Shaq, Shan was honored by the king for her bravery and awarded money. And if I remember correctly, there even is a
0: statue or some form of memorial in her hometown in her honor. This is awful. I mean, I'm sure the money is helpful, but anyone who has received money for the untimely death of a loved one will tell you they don't want it. Yeah. How big would a wall have been? Would it have been a small wall or are we talking a tall?
1: I think it's this kind of typical cottage. I picture it, this kind of cottage garden walls.
0: Like? Not low. very high. Yeah. yeah, in the front. Yeah, me, yeah. Like, your dog could jump it if it wanted to, okay. Oh, definitely, I, yeah. 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 I'm just trying to think of what kind of species this might be in the back of my head as you're telling me more about it, so, okay.
1: So, spring of 1765, the very famous hunter, and now here comes a mouthful of a name, Jean Charles Marc-Antoine de Deneval, not gonna repeat that, Wow. And his son, they arrive in Chevaudon. And Deneval is also called, I hate that, the Great Wolf Cubber. And he prides himself of killing over 1,200 wolves.
0: I mean, different times, but not a fan.
1: I mean, yes, of course, different times, but yeah.
0: No, yeah.
1: Deneval and his son, they're a bit slow because they don't start their first hunt until 21st of April, 1765. And no matter how hard they try, they don't manage to slay the beast. And on 28th of July, the father-son Du has to leave the region by order of King Louis XV. I don't know what happened there. I assume it was because uh, the king wanted to send his own hunters. Because mm. other hunters tried their luck, and there were some that were sent by the king. So I think that's the reason why he was like, yeah, you do get out of there. Sure. Huge drives were held with enormous hunting parties. One, the biggest one. Included 20,000 hunters. I can't even imagine.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of hunters.
1: Mm, They say that it actually managed to find the beast, but again, it escaped. Rewards are now offered, uh, 9,000 Liver in total. Contemporary sources state that you could buy 100 horses with that (laughs) sum.
0: (laughs) Of course they fucking did. So if you read... If you do a lot of research, this comes up all the time, and I don't know why they do this, because we find it all the time in articles where it's like, a reward was offered, which was the same as four houses today, or which was the same as, you know, whatever random arbitrary thing that still doesn't actually tell me how much money it was. I mean, every so often, we'll see one, which I think we've said in several cases, where it's like, a reward was offered, which was the average annual salary. You know what I mean? So you're like, okay, that's, kind of have a rough idea. But how much is a horse? I don't know. It doesn't help. I'm sure you looked it up and you know what it is, but now I kind of want to start using comparisons like this that no one else will fucking understand. So, like, the next time we need a car, like, you roll up to the used car dealership, like, hi, I'm here for a car, but I cannot spend more than seven alpacas and a cashmere goat. Are we clear? (laughs) Like, are we out? Are you? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Like, this is what I need, and this is what I'm willing to spend. (laughs) Good fucking luck to you. It's just weird. It's, Sorry. Yes,
1: it's, kind of. That's a very I mean, niche. I horses were pretty, you know, <laughs> horse, yeah. I checked it, of course. Yeah. So a horse nowadays starts at 1,000 euros, but of course it, it depends on which breed and the age and yeah, blah, blah.
0: Mm-hmm. How shiny they are. Yeah.
1: How shiny the mane is, yeah. That would mean that the reward for slaying the beast was the equivalent of at least 100,000 euros, so that's 121,000 dollars.
0: That's a lot of money. Right, that's a nice sum, yeah. That's more than I'm willing to spend on a used car.
1: But then again, were horses more expensive or less expensive back then? Because there were no cars, so people needed horses. But I also no horses were a luxury. I don't know.
0: Were they? Did everyone have a horse? I don't know either. No, no of course Not everyone, everyone didn't have a horse. a horse. They would have been a luxury. I don't know. These are the mysteries that keep <laughs> us going. <laughs>
1: You mean the rabbit holes we fall into? The (laughs) rabbit,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: this is what we're in it for. (laughs) So the attacks continue, 36 in 1766, leaving 18 people dead, and 38 attacks in 1767, causing the death of 21 victims. But you see, 1765 was like the high point. Yeah, that was the year with the the most attacks. Yes. In four years, that's a total of 240 attacks, causing 112 deaths. These numbers vary depending on which source you read. But the general consensus is that, you know, roughly 100 people died.
0: Okay, so there are thousands of hunters and so much cash valued at many horses as a reward. And I assume hundreds of wolves are killed unnecessarily. And yet no one ever caught whatever, whoever was responsible for all of these deaths.
1: Well... Some thought they did, of course. Yeah. There were a handful of wolves shot that people thought could be La Bête de Gévaudon, But there are two who were really, really considered to be it, at least for a while. Uh, the first one was shot on 20th of September 1765 in a forest near saint de chasse The hunter was the king's own gun bearer a 71-year-old man by the name of François-Antoine, and he was out hunting with his nephew. And the wolf he shot was unusually big. So the two hunters who shot him thought, okay, that's neat. This could be the beast of Chez Let's check it out. And so they reported what they had shot to the authorities, and then survivors of the attacks were brought in to ask them, hey, is this the animal that attacked you? And the survivors were agreeing, yeah, that is the beast. But... It looks as if the witnesses were kind of pressured into their testimony, because let's not forget, there was a huge reward for the person who would kill the creature worth
0: 100 horses. So many horses.
1: Also, I think... That it was because of the connection to King Louis the Fifteenth. because wouldn't it be neat if one of the king's men was responsible of ridding Shevodal from the beast? Oh, of course. Because remember, the region was torn up by rebellions for a very long time.
0: Well, it wasn't long ago before they'd taken all their weapons away from them, right? Exactly. So this is good yeah. optics for the king, if mm-hmm. he's responsible for ending their suffering.
1: Yeah. So after some back and forth, the wolf was officially identified as the beast and François Antoine was handed the reward money, the horse money.
0: <laughs> Anytime we have extra pocket money now, I'm going to think of it as horse money.
1: <laughs> and from the official and final report, it says, quote, We declare by the present report signed from our hand, we never saw a big wolf that could be compared to this one. <laughs> Hence, we believe this could be the fearsome beast that caused so much damage, end quote. So this is the biggest wolf I
0: ever saw, so it has to be the beast, right? Wow, so scientific. (laughs) So much proof required for that horse money.
1: (laughs) This whole story is very scientifically proven, (laughs) to be accurate. Yeah, yeah, wow. The wolf was stuffed and sent to Versailles to be exhibited in one of the many, many, many rooms Ding dong! The beast is dead. Everybody's (laughs) happy. King Louis XV has all his buddies come over to look at his beast. There's a problem. The attacks don't stop. Because I already mentioned before, right? The attacks go through 1766 until 1767.
0: Oh, that's right. Mm. More
1: people are killed or injured. And at first the king tries to ignore the attacks because, hey, one of my men, you know,
0: killed the beast. Yeah, that wasn't that's not a attack from the beast. That man fell into a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> like, that man accidentally got so many paper cuts, he just fell apart. <laughs> it's just
1: freak accident. I mean, then he would have probably gotten into trouble for owning a book. Of
0: course of course. <laughs> it was the wrong Bible. <laughs> wrong version. <laughs> Death by a thousand paper cuts. Oh gosh.
1: Yeah, so there are more and more attacks and it gets obvious that, yeah, the beast de Chevaudan is still out there. I'm actually not sure what they did with the taxidermid wolf. I assume they quietly got rid of it. <laughs>
0: All the hellions in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, what we talked about as house porn is really, we share really ridiculous, crazy, expensive, wild properties all around the world that are for sale. So now every time a chateau in France goes, you know, up on the Facebook group, we're all going to be looking for some like dusty, moth-eaten, stuffed wolf, <laughs> just to see if that might be. <laughs> there, there will be theories. You just wait. Oh, this is hard.
1: I'm also not certain if François Antoine was allowed to keep the 100 horses money. <laughs> uh, I would assume he had to return it, right? I mean, not even a king has money to
0: just give away freely. What if he already, like, I, I would have probably already spent it. I'm like, oh, sorry.
1: Well, off to jail you go. <laughs> Life is hard. <laughs> So the hunt continues. It continues all through 1766 and well into 1767. Until 17th of June, 1767.
0: That's a lot of sevens. Yeah. When a
1: man named Jean Chastel shot... uh, Well, it's still kind of a mystery what he actually shot there. Okay. Jean Chastel is an interesting character. He was an excellent huntsman, also a poacher. He had a very... They they call it back then an unusual character, whatever that means. Yeah, his nickname was the Mask. I assume from his poacher <laughs> days. Okay, and he had been in prison for a little while for, um, in my opinion, very weird incident but you be the judge of it okay so the story goes one day in august of 1765 there was another hunt for the beast going on and Jean Chastel and two of his sons take part so do two men of the king's gun bearer you know the men François Antoine yes the two men pass Chastel and his sons and they ask him because he's more familiar with the region if the area is swampy in the direction they are heading And he's like, no, no, it's not swampy at all, don't worry, your horses will be just fine. And so the two men are like, cool, thanks, bye. And they ride on. And of course, Chastel had light. And they get right into a bog. And they fall off their horses. Oh. They struggle a lot to get themselves and their horses out again. All the while Chastel and his sons are gleefully watching the spectacle. And of course, the two men are a little bit pissed. And a fight ensues and Chastel and his oldest son draw their weapons. Okay. And when François Antoine hears about this, he's furious and has the Chastel family incarcerated. And he writes a letter to the town's authorities. Quote, I have the honor to inform you of the detail and the boldness of these bad people to have <laughs> dared to lay out so-called guards at gunpoint. It is fortunate that he did not kill them and what they would have deserved on such an occasion. End quote. Oh. Yeah, he was mad. And the town authorities are instructed to, quote, do not let them out until four days after we leave this province, end (laughs) quote.
0: Okay, he sounds fun.
1: So this man, jean Chastel, now shoots this creature, and this animal now is thoroughly examined and noted down are the findings. The report says, quote, we thought it would be appropriate to see the beast that looked like a wolf. I mean, yeah... It is appropriate to look at the beast if you're hunting it for four years. Somebody
0: please look at it.
1: (laughs) It continues. But it was an unusual wolf. Its face and proportions were very different from the wolves one sees in the country. That was confirmed by more than 300 persons from all over the country who came to see it. Many hunters and a lot of experts pointed out that only the tail and the bottom of this animal are those of a wolf, whereas its head had monstrous proportions. Its eyes bear an unusual membrane that starts at the base of the orbit and may cover the eyeball if needed. Do normal wolves not have that?
0: Because dogs have it. Yeah, I think a lot of animals have that. So I think they just didn't know that at the time, probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure veterinary science was a big thing back then.
1: Its neck is covered with a very thick, red-grayish hair crossed by some black stripes. There is a large white heart-shaped mark on the breast, its legs bear four fingers armed with huge nails that are much longer than those of ordinary wolves. These legs are very large, especially the front ones, colored like a deer. It seemed to us it was a relevant observation because neither expert nor hunters had ever seen a wolf with such colors. It was also remarkable to notice that its ribs were not placed side-long as the ones of a wolf and therefore or allow this animal to turn around easily, end quote. I don't even, I can't even picture that last part. I was like, but where know.
0: were its ribs, though? Like, if they aren't side long, where, how? Okay. Well, it's going to be one of life's great mysteries, I guess. <laughs> then they cut
1: the animal open, you know, to examine the intestines. Of course. And they do find human remains in its stomach. Oh, okay. Very Jersey man-eater. It, it Yeah. So now this animal is stuffed as well, you know, to present it to King Louis Fifteenth. Well, I
0: should hope so, since 300 people stood in line to look at it and be like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before.
1: Guess what? The taxidermist does not do a great job this time, and the body starts to rot away on its way to Versailles. Ew. And once the already very, very smelly body of Labette arrives there, the king is <laughs> like, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> and he orders it to have it buried right away. <laughs> I have to add... According to the book I mentioned before, this story could also just be lore. It could be completely <laughs> fake, but I want it to be true. I want to imagine this is true, because I think this is a great story. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And that's it.
0: The and attack stopped
1: it. after that. Oh. Just like magic. In Chez jean was hailed a hero. One local poet even wrote a 360-page poem about him and his slaying
0: of the beast. Wow. I mean... We have a lot of aspirations, but I don't even think we've ever dreamed that big, so.
1: Okay, so I'd say let's discuss the theories, shall we? Oh,
0: yes, I'm excited for this.
1: So one says that local clergy, of course, they said, this is a divine punishment for our sins. We have to pray extra hard to make it stop.
0: Yeah, no. No. No, (laughs) no. No. I don't think it was a punishment, (laughs) I don't think it was
1: a demon, I don't think it was a creature from hell, no. No. Nope. Another one says it's similar, the beast was a supernatural being because it could travel great distances very fast. I mean,
0: I mean, maybe.
1: If you're interested, look up the the different places, type them in on Google Maps and tell me what you think, I don't know. So
0: many things are relative at this period in history, do you know what I mean? you wonder what people are gonna laugh about us in three or five hundred years, a lot. whatever. But a lot. yeah, plenty oh so yeah. Much. Yeah. I don't think it was supernatural though. That doesn't there are other things that make more sense.
1: Uh, the beast was actually a werewolf.
0: Yeah, but see, none of the attack survivors turned into werewolves too, right? I love how <laughs> I'm talking about this. Like it's a scientific thing that happens. Well, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were then seventeen new werewolves. But yeah, no, it's it wasn't a werewolf, right? I mean Probably not. (laughs) Also, the attacks would have gotten more because more werewolves, not less. That's right. That's right. Yes, that is solid werewolf thinking.
1: The next theory is a good one, I think. Some think the beast was an escaped animal from some nobleman's private zoo. So you have to know that back then, private zoos were very popular among the rich. Like, the oldest zoo in the world is in Vienna, the former Mm. private zoo of our emperor. Yes. Especially animals from Africa were kept there. So remember when you said the main you think of a lion automatically? Yeah. It could have been an escaped lion or maybe something because of the description, a spotted hyena. Yep. Okay, why didn't they say it looked like a lion? Peasants actually knew about animals like lions. They knew it existed. But they only saw them, if they ever saw them, on very crude or very primitive drawings in newspapers and on, you know... Something like this. They didn't see them in person because they couldn't go to the private zoo. That's why they wouldn't say, oh, it was a lion.
0: Exactly. It's like we can't identify a virus under a microscope. There has to be a bunch of, you know, there are people who can do that, but we can't. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like a hyena possibly, but nobody ever reported a cackle, right? Don't they laugh creepily? While they Mm. eat, like me, I also like laughing creepily while I eat, something we share. But um, yeah, I like this theory or some version of this theory, because menageries were very in vogue back then, right? I can
1: totally see that happen.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see something getting out, something that never had to, or maybe for a very long time hadn't had to actually hunt anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the attacks began. And initially it was, you know, driven off quickly, but then it got better at hunting maybe. That's a po- that's yeah. very possible.
1: It's possible. The only thing I don't like about the theory, I think these animals were very valuable. So if one would get loose, I assume... The owner would try everything to get it back
0: mm. alive. Right, yeah. No, you're probably right. And
1: I don't think anyone ever came forward and said, hey, I'm missing a lion.
0: Right, because then the award, the reward would have been to capture it alive, because it had been done before, right, and transported from Africa, or, yeah. you know, wherever these animals were taken, stolen from all over the world.
1: Yeah. The next theory is also interesting, I think. The beast was actually a human A serial killer who preyed upon the most vulnerable, so that's why
0: children, teenagers, women... Oh, maybe. It never mentions, does it, whether livestock were also killed, does it? Or not really? Uh,
1: No, I don't think they really um, paid attention to that that much. I think because so many people died, it was more like a,
0: you know, Mm -hmm. mass hysteria. Yeah, no, I can absolutely understand that. And also... You know, the death of livestock wouldn't have been newsworthy necessarily at that time. But that would be the information I'd want to know to think more about that theory. Do you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. if it was just children that were hurt or people that were hurt and never animals because, well, I guess that could also be because an eight-year-old child is easier to get to than something with hooves or horns. So maybe that doesn't prove anything either way, actually. Yeah.
1: Another theory, the beast was actually a wolf-dog hybrid.
0: It could be. I mean, it's possible. But so you guys have seen, well, people in our Facebook group have seen pictures of my Tucker. He was 100 and he was about 160 pounds at his biggest. So hang on. I'm just going to check and look this up. So 72.57 something something kilograms. Yeah, it's big. Mm. He, He was a big boy. He was solid and we know he was a livestock guardian mix, probably an Anatolian Shepherd or another type of Kangal dog, much bigger, heavier than our wolves here. When Tucker was outside, even though we have a really healthy coyote population, I never worried about him. I don't know that a wolf would bother with him even, but that's what they're used for and that's what they're used for in the United States. So, for example, you'll see them in Montana, places where we have healthy wolf populations and lots of farmers. But I think if that were the case, It would live on more rabbits and other non-human food sources who don't fight back so easily. Wolves and dogs aren't stupid, right? If a flock or a herd is guarded by the right breed of dog, they will move along. They aren't going to try for your flock. It's actually a program. If you want something good, Google Anatolian shepherds and cheetahs because there's a program saving cheetahs in Africa right now where shepherds are being given these dogs who are livestock guardian breeds and cheetahs won't fight an anatolian shepherd they'll just move along to other prey natural prey that's supposed to be its prey so it's kind of hard to believe that it would be an actual wolf or a dog that would be do you know what i mean responsible for that much damage
1: uh there's also because you said wolves uh, are unstupid there's also a theory that it was uh, a wolf, but. Uh Experts actually think that's not possible because the attacks were not, they were not chaotic enough. Like it picked the smallest one. Out of a group, for example,
0: you know, and what I don't I mean? think you'd scare it away. Like I've seen yeah. rabid animals attacking people and other animals before, and you can. I've seen terrible, terrible. You, you, it just happened recently on Facebook. Wasn't there a bobcat that was attacking a woman? And the guy grabs yeah, it yeah. and flings mm-hmm. it off. and it turned out that cat had rabies. Normally, if you if you confront an animal like that, it's going to take off, and they don't when they have rabies. So there would have been a lot more chaos if it was rabies for sure. Yeah.
1: So in my opinion, the escaped menagerie animal can totally make sense. I actually do think that the most logical explanation is the most accurate here. I think there was no beast. I think it's possible that these were several wolves attacking, not connected at all. And this caused, because it was so many in a short time, this caused some form of mass hysteria fueled by the media because they wanted to sell, you know, papers Chevaudor was an isolated area torn by war and rebellion, and I think all of this played part in creating this lore.
0: It's very possible.
1: So there's an article on SmithsonianMag.com. The author Lorraine Boissonneau comes to a similar conclusion, so she writes, quote, There may not have been one single beast of Chévaudon, but many large wolves attacking the isolated communities. Wolf attacks occurred throughout France during this period. Uh, Some estimate that wolf attacks caused as many as 9,000 fatalities across the country between the end of the 16th century and the beginning of the 19th. What made the attacks of Chévaudon memorable, even to today, were their violence and higher than average fatalities, as well as the press... Ability to turn them into a riveting national story. Even 250 years since the beast of Chivaudan last stalked the forests and fields of southern France, its fairy tale like legacy looms large. So that's my theory. I agree with her. Annie, what do you think?
0: I think that does make the most sense. I don't know there are a few possibilities that I can imagine being possible. It's bothersome to me that that first wolf that just happened to be a bigger wolf than any wolf people had seen, that one was you know meticulously taxidermied, but the one that had this really interesting, different sort of uh, description of it is sort of lost mm-hmm. it. That one is lost to us so yep i think that that last theory makes sense you can imagine these wolves who have held this territory for ages and it's fascinating if you watch wolves and their territory the ones that are tagged like the ones that have been tagged that they monitor they have their territory and they all all these packs will stay in their own territory do you know what i mean they are territorial and now suddenly huge territories huge territories but they know instinctually who has what right? It's like they have their own system that they've had for millennia. And now people and all the junk that comes with us arrives and invades their space. So absolutely, there would be more attacks. I don't speak from personal experience, but I would imagine a nine-year-old child is easier to take down than a cow. You know, something without hooves. The description of it, though, does make me wonder about the menagerie theory. Like, yeah, Either the menagerie theory or is it possible that we have genetic abnormalities all the time when people and animals are born? It's possible that a wolf was born that was – see, that's hard to imagine, too, because you'd think if it was rejected from the pack and a a lone wolf, which would be what we're looking at if there was a beast, right, then with these deformities – it would make more sense that that wolf would have been abandoned by the pack and would have died before it had a chance to mature to the point of hunting the only way the hunting thing makes sense to me is if it was a menagerie animal i think you're right i think people just moved into where there were wolves and wolves ate them
1: yeah probably. i think i think both theories make a lot of sense yeah. i just don't the only thing that kind of irks me about the, the private zoo theory is as i said they would try to find that animal because
0: it's, it's a lot of money. It's very valuable. That's true. That is very true. Unless they were away. Like, what if they were away when the first wave of attacks happened? And then how oh, are you right, going yeah. to come forward and admit that it was your hyena or your lion yeah, or whatever it's that just, got loose? I mean, I'm
1: saying this now from
0: a I know point of view of back then. It's just peasants. Like. I know. I Yeah, no, I know. That's true.
1: But that's a good point. Maybe they were away. I mean, the nobility had different castles. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if they went there every summer. It could have been like five years, ten years that they hadn't been there. That's right. And maybe the the person who was responsible for keeping the animals and taking care of them, he didn't want to come forward because he would
0: have been punished. I wouldn't. That makes a lot of sense. It could be. I just wish we knew. I wish we had... The rib cage thing is very confusing to me. Also, someone may have had in their menagerie just a. It could have been like that sweet pit bull that's just monstrously big, you know, like he's the sweetest boy, but he's huge, like Andre the giant. You get gigantism in all species. You get yeah. that, you know, so it could have just been a very unusually large specimen of an otherwise large canid. We're assuming a dog. It could have been a cat. We don't really know. But it could have just been, you know what I mean? It's one to think about. Let us know. Let us know what you think happened.
1: So there exists a French movie, uh, Le Pacte Loup. I think the English title is Brotherhood of the Wolf with Visor Cassel. It's a very enjoyable watch. It's a good movie, but of course, it's just fiction. I'm not going to tell you what they think in the movie was
0: going on. So it's about this case. Okay.
1: But it's really just fiction. But it is about the beast, yeah. Also, if you're ever near Sorge, there is a museum
0: dedicated to the Beast of Shivador that you can look at. Oh, well, I think we're going to have to add that to our list now, aren't we? For sure. Yeah, my favorite wolf movies are um, Teen Wolf, which I realize is I'm due for a rewatch, and Dog Soldiers, which I think I may have mentioned before. It's a UK film where a bunch of SAS... Special Forces guys encounter werewolves. It's something else. It's great and awful and great. Also kind of awful, but so good, but also terrible. All right. Speaking of good, what's something good? You want me to go so you can rest your voice for a second? Yes, please. (laughs) So, Paul and I are always super late to the party here, but we are finally watching The Santa Clarita Diet. You've seen it, right? I've seen the first season. Yeah. It's gross and gory, but funny. And... That's kinda of, that's kind of all I've got at the moment. I'm in pretty rough shape and Paul has been amazing, as have my friends and family. I'm so lucky for that. But I'm I'm pretty fed up with my broken body. How about you? I bet you've got something like really good. All I got is I'm still here. I'm keeping going. It is what it is.
1: Um my something good is our garden. Uh, oh, spring yeah. spring is here. And I felt so much better this week, like really healthier again so I started to work in the front yard a little bit my dream is to transform our garden into a real cottage garden which should work out fine there is already a lot here to work with ah actually I discovered I have a huge magnolia tree today in the garden I didn't know because there were no buds showing yet but now they are here and I was like oh my god it's a magnolia tree Uh, I love these little surprises there are all of a sudden a couple of peonies starting to come up I love them also really excited about
0: that. My favorite flower.
1: Yeah. It will take a while but I just enjoy flowers so much. I used to hate rain in summer. Now I love it because I know it's just so important and then also because I don't have to water the plants. There is this meme. Did I send it to you? It says pets are the new kids and plants are the new pets. And this is
0: 100% (laughs) me. I love that. I'm still struggling with plants. Like house plants are Mm -mm. It's I have two that are still alive. So three, fingers crossed. This is the year of the shrub for me. At Christmas, when everybody was asking what I wanted for Christmas, I said, wait for my birthday in May, because all I want is a shrubbery. I just, I'm like, bring me a shrubbery. I keep telling everybody. Or a native tree, because I physically can't really garden anymore. Like I I literally, if I get on my hands and knees, I might not be able to get up again. But yeah, I can't physically garden really anymore. And Paul doesn't have time. He's all about the mowing and the pruning, but I love him so much and he cannot tell the difference between a rose and a, I don't know, poison ivy. He probably maybe could that, but even then I wouldn't be 100% sure. So it's all about trees and shrubs for me. My daffodils and my forsythia are blooming right now. We're behind you by by like a good month. Some yep. of my trees are just starting to bud their leaves, but we're, we're getting there. My t- I've given up on tulips. The I planted them in 2016. They bloomed in 2017. And then every other year, the rabbits have eaten them before they can even come up. So I don't know what to do about that. I'm never going to have tulips again. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Um, If you have a moment, please... Take the time to leave us a review if you would on iTunes because Apple they sort of decide everything, and so we read them, we love them, we really appreciate all the kind words. You can go to our website for everything. Apologies for being behind on our email, uh, which you'll find on our website, as well as our merch and all of that information is there. We're a little bit behind because we've both been under the weather, but we will probably catch up if we miss something important. Just send it again, please, and thank you. Patreon, if you're interested in joining our Patreon, there is information on our website, which is freshhellpodcast.com. You can also go to Patreon and search Fresh Hell Podcast. We have Just a variety of things. Just had a really nice time with a very inappropriate game night with our murder-level patrons. We do that once a month. We have other things, bloopers and me trying to pronounce things badly and things like that that occasionally pop up. And then we also do special Patreon episodes, which you choose the topic of. Sorry if you can hear my stomach growling, everybody. And what else? Say hello to your pets. All the pets. Cuddle them, hug them. Yeah. We don't care if their ribs are facing in the wrong direction. We still love them. Um,
1: Always treat them
0: kindly. Always. As good as you can. Yeah, please do. And tell them we love them. And we love you too. And if, if you, like me, are going through hell, keep going. Tschüss. Bye.